Today's episode of Live from the Bar Cart is presented by FanDuel. FanDuel is more than just fantasy sports, and their one-day salary cap format gives you the flexibility to play on your own terms, when you want, for as much as you want, without having to commit to the entire season. It's the best way to watch the games and bring the action right into your living room, not to mention the bragging rights. Listeners of this podcast can receive a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit of $5 by using the promo code 137. That's the numbers 137. Age and state limitations apply. Welcome to 1.37 p.m.'s Live from the Bar Cart. A look into the style, culture, strength, and grind of the modern day man. Danny Garcia, welcome to 1.37 p.m. Live from the Bar Cart. I'm your host, Brian Anthony Hernandez, and today we're going to break down how you hustle in your boxing career, but also how you hustle on your side projects and with your family. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Brian, for having me on. Uh, we all know the WBC welterweight title is up for grabs. Yes, sir. And you'll be fighting Sean Porter for the world championship. Yes, sir. I'll be fighting uh, Sean Porter for the vacant WBC welterweight title that I held in 2017. So I'm looking forward to getting my championship back and being on top of the world again. And he's also a former title holder. Um, what's your mindset going in? How are you going to prepare mentally for that and physically? I'm just going to prepare like I always prepare. Um, like I, I take every fight seriously. Um, but this fight, like I like I told everyone before, being a world champion is a great thing. But you really don't know how how great it is until you lose it. You know what I mean? So when I lost it, um, it was like one of the worst feelings of my of my life. So losing it, but I feel like getting it back after you lose it, mm-hmm. it's probably gonna make that's what's gonna make me feel. It's going to feel better when I lose it and get it back than just winning in the first place. So I'm more excited just to have that feeling, a feeling I never felt before, losing and getting something back. And let's talk about that loss a little bit more. Um, that was in early 2017? Yeah, that was March March, uh, March 15th, March 4th, one of those days. And you're you're 34 and 1, so it was yeah. your only loss of your yeah. professional <laughs> career. So it's something you had never experienced. Yeah. I guess take us back to that first few days afterward, how you kind of tried to get back on your feet? Um, Man, it hit me right when they said the decision. Because it was like, it was like split decision. Mm-hmm. And the last card was like one point. So it was like a one point. So when they said his name, it was like a dream. Like, it felt like, I was like, I couldn't believe it. You know what I mean? Because I know I'm the better fighter. You know what I mean? So it was just one of them nights. It's like, it was a close fight, and a lot of a lot of the fans around the world thought I won. It took me a long time, you know what I mean? It took me a long time. It might have took me – I mean, I'll probably never get over it, but since my last fight in February, after I got that victory, then it was a lot of weight off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. But I thought about it every day for like a year straight. Yeah, because that was 11 months to, exactly. to process. That's Exactly. That's so it was – it was – um. It was a mental thing, a hard mental thing to overcome, especially when we never lost in ten years. You know what I mean? I never pictured myself losing as a, you know as a great champion. So, you know, I take the good with the bad. It made me stronger. It made me hungry, hungrier. You know, uh, made me hungry again. So, I feel I feel good. I'm ready to get get back in there and get what's mine. So let's talk about how this Sean Porter fight got confirmed. But take us behind the scenes. Was it something that 
you reached out to his team to confirm it or is it something through the WBC where like they were like you guys have to fight because you're the two best in the the class right now exactly um it was a lot of things that made it easy to the fight was a lot easy to make happen than a lot of other fights because like you said the WBC I'm ranked number one he's ranked number two but what made it easier than that is we're managed by the same we got the same manager mm. and you know we're like in the same uh premier boxing champions we're in the same organization what other than if i was if i was the number one contender and somebody else like like another name like mandy Pacquiao i was number two it would be a lot harder to make because he's with a whole different promotion and a whole different team and the politics of the sport makes those kind of fights hard so it was a lot easier that we're in the same organization and we got the same manager so it was basically a verbal thing you want to do it you want to do it and we both wanted to do it so now we're here and I heard that he and his um, trainer, his dad, mm-hmm. um, have been wanting to do this for a while and that right. they were surprised that it's finally going to happen. Um, what, what are your thoughts on their surprise? Be careful what you wish for sometimes. Be, cur- be careful what you ask for. Sometimes when you want something too bad, it never goes your way. And he wants it too bad. And when you want it too bad, that means you're going to run into something. All right. Early. Those are straight words to Sean Porter right straight. there. I like it. Yeah, I mean, Sean Anything- Porter. Anything else you want to tell him? I'm just, I'm telling you, he's never been in the ring with someone like me before. I'm ready for When I put these paws on him, he's going to be there with a lion. He's a sheep. I'm a lion. I like that. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Um, But let's take take us back since we're talking about his his dad and his trainer, your dad and your trainer. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad got me introduced to boxing when I was in middle school. I didn't box for very long. Um, your dad introduced you. got hit. You was like, I ain't doing this. I'm gone. <laughs> I got hit. I didn't like getting hit, but I also didn't like That's the story. punching people. Yeah. It was um, a brutal sport. And I cried my first practice. Like, Everyone. those sit-ups, I, didn't, yeah. I couldn't do sit-ups in middle school. It hurt. You were probably one of them kids who couldn't wait to get in the ring and smiling like it was fun. And yeah. then when you got hit, you it was like, it. oh, no. <laughs> I not see the that face. Every... Not the face. Me, it's just me growing up in the sport, you know, being in the gym for 20 years. It's always the kids that smile. Who only last two weeks before until they finally get in the ring because yep. they think it's fun. You know what I mean? It looks good on TV, it looks fun, but then when you get hit, they realize it's not fun. They quit. Yep, that was me. That's why I have so much respect for right. what you guys do right. in your career. What role did your dad play in you kind of um, getting set up for your big win in February and kind of getting back on your feet after that? Right. Loss I mean, last year? me and pops always been. He's been there with me since day one. You know what I mean? So. He's probably, he's always gonna be there. Um, so you know, we just we just took it like any other fight. Like we always take it. We get in the gym, train hard, put the work in, and go out there and perform. And that that's basically how my whole career been. And a lot has changed in the landscape of masculinity since our fathers started boxing. I think guys in general now are very um, caring. They're more vulnerable mm-hmm. than ever, and it's cool to be that way. What's your take on? how that has kind of transferred into boxing. Do you see athletes being more vulnerable and caring? And I, You know, you just got to know how to turn the switch on and off. You know what I mean? You could be a nice person, but it's like once you go into the ring, it's like I'm a whole different person. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I tell people. Like, I don't even like watching my own fights because, like, me right now, I'm Danny Garcia, right? But when I'm in the ring, I'm a whole different person. Like, my attitude, like, it's a person. It's a scary person. You know what I mean? So I really don't like watching my fights because I really have two different personalities. It's like that movie Split. Yeah. Like the guy has all these different personalities. 
I'm two different people. Who is Danny Garcia outside the ring then? Danny Garcia outside the ring, you know, you know, I'm a loving person. I care about people. I like to see people do good. I'm the type of person like when I was young, a lot of people don't know I was a barber because I like I didn't like to see my friends had messed up, like mm-hmm. not look good, like clean. You know what I mean? Like I always want everybody to look nice. So I used to cut all my friends hair and stuff like that. And that's why I opened up a barbershop now. That's why I have a barbershop because that was one of my dreams too, to open up a barbershop. Is so that out I, in Philly? Yeah. So I and I always love fashion. That's why you know I got my gear and all that stuff. But and I love music, and that's why you know I got the twins and a couple artists. But you know I just I'm just a caring guy. You know I like to see people win. And uh, but in the ring it's like I'm just a different person. It's like I I turn into a different person. Like I'm the complete opposite. Like I hate you. I want to hurt you. And it's like it's weird. You know what I mean? It's like it's like life and death in there. It's like either you or me. You know what I mean? I don't ever. One thing I don't ever want to do is kill somebody in the ring, but it, it can happen. I can die in the ring. Yeah. So that's why I had to. That's why I turned into that person where it's like, it's just me. You know, it's the fighter spirit. Exactly. I'm just a beast. I'm an animal in there. Uh, do you have fun in the ring? Um, do I have fun in the ring? Yeah, because I'm crazy when I'm in there. <laughs> like, I tell people, you got to be crazy to be a fighter. You know what I mean? So, um, it's fun. It, it's fun. It's You know what I love about it? I love the competition. You know? Like, I love sports growing up. I love always love being a competitor. So, once you got the passion for something, and once, you're, once you got the passion and you really have a dream, you have a vision for it, then it becomes fun because once you start reaching goals and winning you know getting big purses and or just winning your first trophy like that was my first when i first started boxing as a kid i just thought i just wanted a trophy like i went over my friend's house they have trophies so i wanted a trophy so just me winning a trophy was fun i didn't even think about i didn't even care about the fighting because so once i started setting goals and really had a plan and a vision dreams and then we start, it becomes fun. Like, I tell everybody, the, the funnest part about everything is the journey. It's like, everything in between till you get there is the funnest part. Like, from you start all the way in between till you finally become where you want to be. Then when you finally become where you want to be, from there to there, then it becomes strictly business. Then that's when it's not fun. So, it's like, um yeah so the journey was always the funnest part to me and then uh so that's one thing i had problems really when it just turns strictly strictly business that's when it's not fun no more so i'm just having fun what i do now that's i'm just learning to just have fun go in there perform show give my fans a great fight and just be an entertainer and i get up through a lot of that now you mentioned the boxing trophies some of them are so enormous like they're so big for people who don't have never seen one but like take me back to when you first got your first trophy you were just alluding yeah. to it. i want to hear looking at the other day my first trophy was february of 1999 my first trophy it's about this big first place trophy i won my first fight but it was it was a great feeling and then i couldn't wait to keep fighting to keep stacking them up like i had a trophy case and actually you know mm-hmm. like i got a whole entire trophy case Filled with trophy. Where do, where do you and keep the free, now? remember, amateurs free. I had 120 amateur fights. Wow. Free. So you got to love something if you're fighting for free. Yeah. 
Or do you, you gotta have a vision? Who keeps those now? Where they're still they? in my house in my trophy case. I got all my trophies on the bottom. Then I got my professional achievements, like my six. I got like four, five, four world titles. So I got them in the trophy case. Is there one that means more to you than the others? The first one. That first one. <clears throat> the first one. The first one is always. Um, it's like it's your dream. It's like you went, you went anything for your first time, mm-hmm. first Super Bowl, first championship. You're going to love it more. And then the second time, I was like, all right, I know I'm the man already. He's like, <laughs> let him keep racking up. <laughs> <laughs> but this next one is going to feel, it's probably going to feel better than the first one. Because you're going to get it back. Exactly. And that's what, a tr- a, that's what a true champion is all about. A true champion could come back strong, and that's what I'm going to do. I like that. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. You mentioned your apparel, your swag that you mm-hmm. sell. I think it's on your website yeah, and other website, places yeah. too. Um, is this what you're wearing right now? Yeah, just the t-shirt. It's my no competition shirt. So, you know, it's going to be no competition. <laughs> I'll be back on top. What else are you selling there? I, I think there's some sandals. Yeah, I sell everything. I got swim swim, ba- swim, t- swim trunks, uh, bathing suit for women. I got jogger suits. I got t-shirts. I got hats. Um, I sell gloves on there, um, like autograph pictures. Um mostly you know all kinds of merch and you mentioned that you like keeping your friends fresh with their hair how do you when, when did you start doing it with the fashion when did you start selling and conceptualizing what my online store selling? i've been doing my online store since like 2014 but i started the brand the dsg brand like in 2013 so we've been going like five years five years strong what have these two side hustles the barber shop the apparel line what have they taught you? It's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's like you gotta, you gotta earn your stripes. You know, what I mean, just like I earned my stripes in the boxing world, is uh, you gotta work your way to the top. So, um, just good balance, good team, and we're just, we're just working. And good family too, right? Oh yeah, that's that's you know, I'm fortunate that I have a great father, great mom, you know, brothers and sisters, you know. So, um, that definitely pays. A, that's a lot of motivation too. And you're here in New York City because of your family, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm here with the twins, uh, CNG twins. My sisters signed to my label, DSG Music. So they're out there doing a press. They're out here doing a press run for their EP, Innocent Savages. So mm-hmm. make sure I'm going to go get that. Awesome. Download it. Spotify, iTunes, <laughs> Apple Music, uh, Tidal, whatever you want. Go get it. Stream it. Tell a friend. Now that we're talking about music, I need to know what you're listening to. What do you listen to? when you're training and what do you listen to to relax you know i listen to a lot i listen to of course my own artist the cag twins mm-hmm. um i listen to um i like j cole i like um i like push the t's new album um who else I, I listen to a lot of old stuff to be honest with you like dmx big pun all right yeah so i i, I still like listening to lyrics I mean, y'all going to make me Meek lose Mill. my mind. That sounds like a super pump-up song for Right, right, Oscar. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Meek Mill. Meek Mill, he's one of my favorite rappers. He is my favorite rapper right now, Meek Mill. Um, I just saw him down in Miami at Rolling Loud. He came out, first time performing since he got out of yeah. out of prison. It was wild. I, I had imagine. never seen that many camera phones in the air at once. It was nuts. Meek Mill did the flyest thing all year. He left jail in a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nothing's stopping that. <laughs> right? That's so dope. We need to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to know what you would tell Danny Garcia 10 years ago to prepare for his career that's about to happen. 
Today's episode of Live from the Bar Cart is presented by FanDuel. The 2018 NFL season has officially kicked off, and right now is the perfect time to sign up and create your fantasy team. You can play against 6 million registered FanDuel users or get your buddies to sign up and go head-to-head. FanDuel makes sports more exciting by giving you the flexibility to play on your own terms, when you want or as much as you want, without having to commit to the entire season. Bring the action right into your living room with more players, more games, and more chances to win. Fans of 1.37 p.m. can receive a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit of $5 by using the promo code 137. That's the numbers 137. Age and state limitations apply. Danny, if you could talk to yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell yourself? And what advice do you have for these young people hustling right now? I don't know. I don't know what I would tell myself because I I did everything right that I was supposed to do. (laughs) So I would just say... Trust your um, instincts. Yeah, just... Just stay focused, you know what I mean? Just stay focused, don't let nothing stop you. Like, that, my, 10 years ago, that was my mindset. It was like, I woke up. I woke up with this dream. I woke up with this passion because it was up to me. Like, my circumstances in life was like, if you don't change this, then it's never going to change. I'm just going to live. I'm going to live this way forever. So that was my mindset, waking up, just trying to give myself a better life. And I wasn't, nothing was going to stop me. And that has always been my vision. So, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't go back 10 years ago and say like don't make that mistake don't do that mistake because I think I did everything I was supposed to do mm-hmm. you know I was an Olympic alternate I was supposed to be the Olympian I didn't get it turned pro did everything I was supposed to do I just turned 30 in March so but I'm proud of myself what I did in my 20s like I, 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 I made a lot of money I feel like I did everything right and now I'm in the, the point in my career where I'm just working on my legacy what are some of those roadblocks that kind of maybe hindered you a little bit on your way to where you are today? Um, a couple of roadblocks were, it's like you, it comes a time where you put in so much work, but you don't see no reward. It's like, all right, now why am I doing this? You know what I mean? So, it, it especially when you're fighting and you do doing this your whole life, it's like, all right, I'm 20 wins, no losses. I'm like one of the greatest prospects in the country like why am i still in this position like i'm still so it's like the the hardest obstacle is that breakthrough mm-hmm. it's like when you just feel like it's not gonna happen and then one day just it happens and that's like the hardest thing for any entertainer or anybody who wants to be successful it's like sometimes you just feel like you're not going nowhere but it's the day you give up is that you're really not gonna make it it's just it's the day it's the people who just keep going and never give up are the people who make it because it's not it's not gonna be easy a lot of people think success is easy like i tell you hard work is an understatement like you really got to go in there and bust your ass like almost kill yourself you got to really want it and if you really want it you just keep going every day take one day at a time yeah a lot of it's mental you have to jump Mm -hmm. over those mental hurdles right to get to the I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot that plays. It's a lot. It's a lot. It could be family issues. It could be politics. It could be favoritism. It could be. It could just be a lot, you know. So, you really have to just believe in yourself and lock in, and just put yourself on. You know what I mean? You. So all the people who want to be something, a lot of people are waiting for people to put them on. You can't wait for somebody to put you on because you'll never be put on. <laughs> you got to put yourself on. And then once you put yourself on, that's when everybody else comes along. That's, that's some how great advice right there. You got to love yourself yeah, before anyone exactly. else can. 
You got to put yourself on. That's what I live by. All right, Danny, you mentioned you're in New York City helping promote your twin sisters and their new EP. And we have a surprise for our audience. They're actually here in the studio with you. So let's talk about this EP. I was actually getting ready this morning, listening to Show Me. What was the inspiration behind that song? Basically, like, whoever, like, likes us, they got to show us what they could do. So you got to show me. Because we've seen a lot of girls in the world, but we never saw, like, girls like us. Like, we're different, basically. I like that. If, <laughs> if we could have a guy impress you or anybody impress you, what would you want them to do? Um, Good question. I just, I, like, for real, for real, I, like, res- I feel like guys are not respectful towards the girls nowadays. So I feel like respect is one. I like personalities, too. Yeah, per- I'm big on personalities. I feel like you gotta be a go-getter, too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely people who are decisive are winners in my book and mm-hmm. people who show respect to, to everyone. Mm-hmm. What else are we going to hear on this this EP? Um, You're going to hear, like, it's like a mixture of everything. Like, some songs will get you in your feelings, and then some songs are really lit. Like, want you, you would want to dance and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a mixture of everything, so... So I was scoping your Instagram the other day, and I noticed you guys were vibing in a club. Were you listening to some of your new music in that? And how did people react to it? Oh, yeah, that was our listening party. So basically, we just invited a whole bunch of people out to come listen to our EP. And everybody everybody, everybody was, was actually turned in there. Danny, I want to get your opinion on the music. How much input did you have on the process? And I guess, what's your favorite song on the EP? I didn't really have, I pushed them to go to the studio and of course I funded it, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm the label, so I got to do that. But, um, I like all of them. The Mark me back. Yeah. I, I like, I, I think all of the songs are dope. You know, I'm, I'm the big brother, so I'm like the biggest fan. So it's hard, it's hard to ask me like which one's the best. Cause I'm always going to think all of them is the best. And I really think they're all real good, great songs. Um, so it's a, it, you know it's hard to ask me that question, but I think it's a great EP. Innocent Savages is out everywhere, so I'm excited. I'm gonna be streaming it. I'm excited too. I'll be there right with you. And, uh, and one thing about the album, of the EP, I can say is, is is built. You know, the songs that you know me, and you can listen to. You know, they they got a song called Sasong Song. That's like that could be like a club song. You want to dance, so that's all ages. Then they got songs like Crush, Show Me, and You for the younger crowd. Then they got the song "Looking for You." That's like a, a worldwide song for anybody. So I feel like the EP is uh, is really is really structured and built for like any age. So I think that that's gonna be great because they're gonna be reaching out to all ages. All three of you are obviously in love with music. Where did that love come from? Well, I love. I always love music. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I, I think they get the culture from me. Because no, my mom, my mom and dad, they love music, but they never really in the like. My brother's not really in that culture, so. I don't know. I just some the coat the hip like when I was young. I used to always watch MTV jams mm-hmm. like 106 in Park, BET. So I love always love hip hop and I always love sports. You know, I, I watched I couldn't miss Eagles game when I was a kid. <laughs> couldn't miss a Allen Iverson game. Couldn't miss the Flyers baseball. Like I watched every single sport. Um, you talked so. about those music shows that you watched growing up. You guys recently were on one at MTV TRL. Talk about that experience and. Was it kind of a dream just to be on that such iconic brand type of show? Yeah, we were super excited. Like, it was just like, wow, Montreal. You feel me? So I was super excited. Yeah, me too. Not yeah. a lot of people can go on that, so it was like, it was, it was a dream for me seeing them on yeah. there because <laughs> I used to grow up watching that. 
Um, what, what the other, the other host? I forgot his name. Where you can see Times Square behind. I forgot his I'm name. Yeah, 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 him, him. So, um, it was, and they were on TV. My Super Street Sixteen also. Oh. Yeah, they had oh. the episode. So if you didn't watch that, they were in MTV Super C Sixteen. So that was TV great. veterans now. Yeah, yeah. So it was like <laughs> MTV really likes them. Um, My but, favorite part of your uh, TRL appearance was when you guys talked about Rihanna. She's a personal fave of mine. I think you mentioned her song Man Down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is she one of your biggest influences? Yeah, she is. I, we, I love her music. I like her style. It's just everything about her I just like. Are you on the Fenty Beauty train? Do you guys use it? You know what? Um, I don't get well, anything I, yeah, we ha- I haven't got anything. But I heard her highlighter is good. Yeah, it looks lit. Her brand looks mm-hmm. good. Yeah. may or may not be wearing some myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about as far as your music? Well, um, Innocent Savage is dropped tomorrow. Everybody go cop on, on that. That's it's going to be in all digital say. stores, and it's lit. Go get it. <laughs> <laughs> can you guys talk a little bit about, you have two million followers, right? Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how you built that? And you did that on your own, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, and I, I mean, a huge part of our audience obviously has the artists that want to create a following. Can you talk a little bit about, about that? Sure. Well, Here, I'll, I'll ask it. All right, so I talked about looking at your Instagram earlier, and I noticed you guys have 2 million followers. How did you build that, and why is that such an important part of a musician's uh, brand right now? Well, I feel like in order to build a following on social media, you got to keep up with it. Like, but, like, yeah, we started off with, like, dance routines. Like, we do dances, do songs and stuff. And then we kind of just went viral. And, like, we would keep going viral. Like, anything we post went viral. And musically, uh, got got us viral. Like, it went on to Instagram. And it got us viral. I don't know. It was just, like, everything. Like, people follow us because of our style. Like, other people follow because of our music. Other people follow us because of dancing. It's like, it's, like, different followers from different, you know. I say you just gotta stay active. Cause yeah, if you don't for be real. active, if you don't be active, away. it's just not gonna go nowhere. You gotta be different too. Yeah, like you gotta, you have to find something that's catchy and mm-hmm. entertaining because people want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. So you got, you you got two twin girls who's on this app called Musically doing these all these fancy dances, and they're really good at it. It's gonna make all the other kids in the world want to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's like they look up to you now and they want to do the same. They want to be you. Yeah. So once you built that brand, it's like you're a great dancer and all the kids around the world want to be you. It's like one more, one more. Every kid wants to learn. Every kid wants to be cool and dance to their favorite song. So when that kicked off, it was it was basically the birth of the CNG twins. Mm-hmm. I love that. What's one of the dance trends that's out there right now that you guys have caught on to or maybe started yourself? That The one that we started that went... Um, like viral and everyone started doing was what song was it by Future? Mm-hmm. Stick talk. Yeah, yeah, stick talk. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. like also you remember we used to do this and then we used to go into the dab. Like people started doing the dab, but then like we, did we a, do like a wave to the, it and people started actually doing it. But that's something me and Cece made up. That was a dance me and Cece made up. Yeah, we did a routine to the song called <laughs> Stick Talk by Future. Okay. On Can musically. I oh, I kind of forget it. <laughs> oh, you talking about the dab thing that the she's dab, talking yeah. about? Yeah. Angela? Yeah. Like a, a wave, wave dab. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? At first, I'm not gonna lie. I used to criticize musically. Like, how are these kids getting? Not them, but other kids. Because you my sister. I be like, how are these kids getting so famous off 
lip syncing and dancing to other people's music. No, people never used to dance neither. Like I feel like me and CC made that too. But it's just people who dare just sing, sing somebody else's song like perfectly and then boom. I still don't get that though. Then I tried it. <laughs> you then I tried it. And it's addictive. No, it's no? super hard. Uh -oh. oh, you're talking about the camera. You know how hard thing? it is to make up a routine? Yeah. <laughs> like every day. Like they tried, I was like two hours trying to figure out a routine. <laughs> like, no, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. I was like, oh, hell with this, I'm just a boxer. <laughs> but it's like, you really don't know how hard it is until you try it. Like, it's hard. Like, that's really a talent. You have to take like 30 takes just it's, to get no, it. No, right. it's really a talent. Yeah. Like, you really have, a, have to have a vision for that. So it was like they found something, they found something in them, you know what I mean? That they could show the world. And they, it's crazy how it works. It's crazy. It's crazy. Really crazy. Danny, we know you're busy, so thanks for stopping by 1.37 p.m. live from the bar cart. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, my fans, make sure you follow me on all my social medias, Danny Swift Garcia. Um, buy my merch, dsgofficial.com. Stay tuned for my next fight. I'm the world champion again. And thank you, Brian, for having me on. Yes, good luck with your trading. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. This is 1.37 p.m. If you want to own the future, start this minute. Live from the Bar Cart is a Gallery Media Production.